Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Modern Love, and ooh, do we have a hot topic tonight. We're going to talk about living pornography-free, pornography-free. Imagine such a thing. We all take it for granted. Pornography is just a part of life, isn't it? Isn't it just a casual thing that we don't have to think about? Mm, Not so sure about that. Our guest tonight is Dan Male. And Dan, I hope I said his name right. He'll correct me if I'm wrong. Dan says we can live porn-free and there are really good reasons to live porn-free. So let's talk about this very, very prevalent occurrence that occurs in lots of homes across America. It occurs around the world. If you witness the big meltdown that happened in India recently when the government said they were going to shut down porn sites and people were going, wait a minute, what are you doing shutting down my porn sites? It set off a huge controversy. And here is the big question of the evening. Is it possible that porn is causing men to detach from their partners in ways that are harmful to love. Ask yourself that question. And while you're asking the question, think about these very shocking statistics. $4 billion a year, it's a big business, everybody, is spent on video pornography in the United States more than on football, baseball, and basketball. One in four Internet users look at a pornography website in any given month, and, as if that's not enough, men look at pornography pornography online more than they look at any other subject. Okay, our guest is Dan Molly. He's a group facilitator, program coordinator, blogger on the topic of men and masculinity. His work reaches into many different arenas from youth leadership, intergenerational collaboration to environmental justice and men's work. All right, Dan, join us, please. Dr. Brenda, it is a joy to be with you. Well, I can't wait to talk to you about this subject because I love the name of your website. Dan's website is wholeheartedmasculine.org. Now, that just gets me all hot and bothered. Wholehearted masculine. (laughs) What is that? Woo, it sounds wonderful. Well, Wholehearted Masculine is a blog that I created last year, and it's really a platform for me to be sharing my own stories and experiences 
of stepping outside of this narrow box of what we're taught it means to be men in our society and really rehumanize ourselves, really allow more space for the fullness of who we are as human beings to be expressed in our lives. Mm. Now, Dan, of course we want to know, everyone's going now, how the heck did he get to stepping out of the box and What's your story? Well, for a very long time, Dr. Brenda, I was, quite frankly, I was ashamed of my masculinity. I saw all the violence, all the war, all the exploitation that, in my view, was, you know, was clearly being caused by men. So why would I want to be a man? Why would I want to really look at that part of myself, you know, the masculine energy in myself? And so I kind of just pushed it down and pretended like it wasn't there and tried to heighten, you know, my more feminine qualities. And while those are beautiful, it just wasn't fully me. I was missing something. So what I finally decided to do was to take another look at masculinity, to really look for role models, to look for men in the world who were giving uh, examples of something different. A different now, what does that have to do with sexuality? Well, for me, it has everything to do with sexuality because sexuality is one of the key things that we're taught we need to master and perform at and ask for as men. And the way that we identify ourselves and the way that we value ourselves very often is is through kind of our sexual power and prowess. Hmm. Wow. All right, so I'm going to say that you probably were a porn user. Is that true? Yes, I was a porn user for 10 years. Huh. So what got you to the point that you wanted to give up porn after 10 years of using it? Well, you know what happened is that one day I was sitting sitting in front of the computer and I actually felt sick to my stomach. I felt like I was going to throw up. I felt nauseous. And and I was thinking, why is this? You know, why am I nauseous watching pornography? And and I realized that I had been watching pornography for such a long time that I had become more and more desensitized to it. And so I needed more and more hardcore pornographic imagery in order to get the same arousal. And what I ended up watching at that point was, you know, were acts of non-consensual sexual encounters or acts of violence and aggression interspersed with sexual acts. And it, it just troubled me. It wasn't in integrity with the person that I am. And, and so I realized that when I felt sick, that there was something I needed to look at. And that's what I started doing. Hmm. So I want to read a quote from one of your blogs. Uh, It says, I was pissed off that my sense of personal sexuality had been reduced to sitting alone in the dark in a disembodied daze drooling over pixelated fantasies of submissive females in a desperate attempt to feel a release from the tension in my body and the void in my heart. Wow. That's pretty powerful stuff. So yes. a lot of men never stop and question. 
you know, what am I feeling that I need, quote, release from? Because, of course, sex, like anything else, can be used in an addictive way. I'm going to run from something, numb out, because of something, because all addiction, and it sounds like you were pretty much in that addictive space, takes us away from ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah, I think really pornography is just another coping mechanism for the ways that we feel disconnected from what we truly long for in our lives. And for me, it was, you know, a coping mechanism for the void I felt of loneliness and isolation, um, of not really knowing how to connect authentically in intimacy with others. And it sort of took the place of that because intimacy began to feel too vulnerable and pornography was an easy alternative that didn't feel vulnerable at all. That yeah, I could you do can get off without feeling vulnerable. Wow. Yeah. All right. And it, to our audience, if you want to join the conversation, I know you have a lot to say. Hit us back on Facebook, Dr. Brenda Wade. Tweet us, Dr. Brenda Wade. Or go old school and give us a phone call and actually talk to us. The number is 347-989-0776. We'll take your questions. Cliff is standing by, and he'll give us your questions or comments. What do you feel? What do you think about pornography? Because clearly, Dan... You're sounding the alarm. You're saying this is not something we can just accept without questioning what it's doing to us, not just on a sexual level, but you're saying this has something to do with wholeness as a man. Absolutely, yeah. I think the questioning part, Dr. Brenda, is the key part here. I'm not saying that all porn is bad, and I'm definitely not saying that we should be ashamed for watching porn, or shame others for doing so. Everybody makes their own choice, and I, I strongly believe in that. But I think bringing mindfulness, bringing awareness to any of our habits, and in particular this one that has such a potential impact uh, and such a potential to harm our relationships and our connections in our life, it's so vital to really bring that awareness forward so that we can make a clear and conscious choice about how we express ourselves and our sexuality Now, ultimately, if you were talking to someone who says, hey, you know, I'm making the choice to use porn and that's okay with me, what would you say to that person in terms of the kinds of things you really want them to think about? I think some of the most important things to think about are, you know, what is it in our life that we might that might be pain, that we might be trying to numb out? What is something that we might be looking for coping mechanisms in order to just deal with in our lives? And what is it that are the needs, the really basic human needs that are absolutely vital, um, that are beneath our porn use, the things that we try to meet through porn use? Now, what are some of those things when you say basic human needs? What do you mean, Dan? Intimacy, love, connection, touch sexual expression, um, uh, stress release, uh, all these different sort of basic things that often end up um, being a pathway into pornography 
which then we actually lose touch with the capacity to meet those needs in any real ways with other human beings. Mm, So what you're saying is that from your experience, you believe that overuse of porn, I'm going to say overuse just to qualify it a little bit, or maybe any use, I don't know, what do you think? That this interferes with our capacity to connect with ourselves and with others. I think to each their own, but I think for me personally, watching pornography, um, it created this sort of feedback loop that drew me further and further away from my own body, from the capacity to show up with emotional literacy, from my ability to Explain what you mean by emotional literacy for people who aren't familiar with that term, please. Sure, yeah, just access to my emotions, the full range of emotions, and to actually being aware of what I'm feeling in the moment, to be able to communicate that. Um, I feel like this is something that a lot of women I've spoken with complain about in their relationships where they say, oh, well, the, the men, you know, the man I'm dating isn't connected to his emotions or can't communicate what he's feeling right now, and that that becomes a major pain point in a in a relationship. And I think what happens with, with pornography is that it becomes sort of a convenient way to avoid the vulnerability of actually being with what we're feeling and being with the intensity of those raw emotions. And as men, we are basically, we get the crap beat out of us, for lack of a better term, if we express our emotions. We are trained to not express Mm. most of our emotions. And so this is a radical act to actually say, you know what, I'm going to resensitize myself. I'm going to remember how to express my emotions, how to show up as a full human being, as a wholehearted man. And, and to do that, um, not just for myself, but for everyone in my life, because we can all stand to benefit from a deeper level of intimacy and awakeness in our life. Okay, we have a question here, Dan. This is from Tim in San Francisco. Tim says, my girlfriend and I watch porn together. Is there something harmful with this practice? Well, like I said, I don't think there's anything black or white here. I think this is very much each person's discernment in their own lives. But I think um, watching porn in partnership is definitely something that can be an important part of a healthy um, sexual relationship. And it's something to be mindful of. Just, hey, you know, have I lost the capacity to get aroused with my partner without porn? Um, That's something that would be interesting to notice if that was was the case. Um, You know, what is it that porn, what need is porn meeting in our relationship and how might we meet that need differently Uh, or possibly in a more close or intimate, you know, human to human way? And so I don't think it's bad or wrong. I just think it's something worth looking at really closely and discerning for yourself whether this is the best path forward for you and your partner. Yeah, and this requires a lot of communication. And maybe part of what you're pointing to, Dan, is that porn becomes an easy way not to have deeper conversations about Mm -hmm. our deeper needs. And a lot of couples have trouble talking about their sex lives and their sexuality. I know that from, you know, many years of leading workshops and seminars for Mm -hmm. couples that one of the hardest things to talk about is sexuality. You know, the next hardest thing would be money. (laughs) Right. They're kind of neck and neck. We can't talk about either of those. So if you want, 
deep connection and intimacy. You know, I always say it begins with you being able to see into yourself to do what you called emotional literacy, and that opens a doorway to connect with another person. Now, most of us have been so traumatized by the people we were close to. It is hard, Mm. really hard, to want to be close to an intimate with another person. Right. And porn becomes an excuse not to go there. Was that part of your scenario with using porn for 10 years? I'm just curious. Well, I think it was certainly an element at play for me. I think that really, like I said, this you know, it comes back down to this idea of building true intimacy, you know, and it's such a vulnerable act, like you just said. It's so vulnerable to just say, here's how I'm feeling or here's what I'm struggling with or this is the pain I'm carrying. But that, those are the things that actually, I believe, and in my experience, have built really wonderful, intimate connection. And I think what pornography does is, is it, it's sort of like this intermediary. It's sort of like it tends to put us into this realm of a disembodied fantasy. And there's nothing wrong with fantasy. But when it moves away from, from our bodies, when it's, when it's just this sort of head-up sort of world of sexual expression then it feels like it's actually really endangering um, our, our more true, authentic sexual impulse and expression. And so I guess I would just say that there's an opportunity here. There's a really beautiful opportunity to deepen uh, our sexuality and our relationship to um, these energies, these passions that are very real for all of us. It's not about suppressing them at all. It's about giving them space for more authentic expression. It's authentic about... expression. Hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that means the expression of who you really are and what you really need and being connected enough with yourself to be in a dialogue, A, with yourself and B, with your partner. That's, right. well, that's heavy lifting for most people. You know, we live in a culture that does not promote connecting not with ourselves, not with other people. I mean, most of us are bombarded with messages. Work, 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 make right. money. That disconnects you from yourself and from the people around you. And then we've got uh, buy, 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 buy. Get out there and consume, consume, consume. What you drive, what you wear, what you eat is more important than how you feel. So right. this is another area that we rarely peep under the cover which is, what does it mean, what does it mean to be sexual beings along with the rest of who we are? So it's body, for me, it's body, emotions, mind, and spirit. How do we connect Mm -hmm. all four realms? So we've got another question. Mm -hmm. This question came in from Bill down in San Jose. Or San Jose. Okay, Bill wants to know, uh, hold on, I just lost it one second. He says, um, I get great pleasure watching porn. Dude, why not? Exclamation, question, question, question. I'm between girlfriends. What else can I do? Hmm. Yeah. Hey, that's an interesting question. Um, I think the answer for me is, 
there's something way, way deeper and more meaningful and more exciting and more passionate and more loving and more beautiful. There, it's, there are so many amazing places you can take sexuality. And pornography is like this cheap fast food version of our sexual expression. It's so devoid of those deeper levels that you just mentioned, the emotional, the spiritual. It's so uh, limited. And quite frankly, when I was watching porn, I got to a point where I couldn't even get aroused without porn. And so how am I going to show up in a relationship, in a partnership, in a, in a sexual you know, context, and, and then bring this body that is just like unable to even show up? Because quite honestly, I've, I've dehumanized myself. I've kind of like pulled um, all of the authenticity out of my expression, and I'm just sort of having this stress release experience through pornography where essentially I think that I'm being sexual, but really I'm just trying to relieve the stress in my system and I get caught up in this stress release cycle that isn't actually that connected to sexual expression. So if I really want to show up with a partner, then I got to make sure that I'm in my body. I got to make sure I'm in my heart. And like more power to you if you make that choice, my friend, but I think it's really important to look at the longer-term game, to look at, you know, how do you want to be in sexual relationship with your girlfriend, with your partner, and what can you be working on right now in your life that will help you uh, have the level of meaningful, intimate connection that, that I truly believe most people really long for. Yeah, and you know what? We've got science on porn. You know, there are a lot of studies that show that People who are using a lot of porn end up having more trouble getting and maintaining erections. Got to think about that. There's another uh, researcher who says that uh, her name is Andrea Kozowski. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm completely destroying her name. But in any case, she says that when you have sex with someone, you bond with that person because you're producing a lot of powerful chemicals in the brain. And when you have a porn sexual experience, you end up bonding with the porn. And you end up having an attachment to porn the same way you would have an attachment to a person, which is kind of scary. Yeah, it is. And I think one of the key things to look at here is the way that pornography really objectifies the human body. I mean, primarily women, but also men in porn videos. And you see these disembodied scenes where it's like, you know, just one body part or just one thing. And, and, and it's not actually giving you a full experience of what authentic sexuality is like. And then also an important thing to look at is that most often in our society, pornography is about the man's pleasure. It's about the man as the protagonist and the woman as, or, or the other man, as just, you know, really nothing less than an object in the man's fantasy. And I think that's a really problematic way to approach sexuality. And the reason why I link that is because a lot of young folks today, especially a lot of young boys, are learning, and girls, are learning about sex through porn, and they think that porn sex is the same as real sex. I think that's causing a lot of harm, and there's a lot of data that is backing that up now. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That was 
One of the comments that I also found on your blog, you said that you were outraged by the sexual violence perpetrated by men on women and girls, and that porn felt like the main way I was subconsciously contributing to that cycle of violence. And yeah, people are learning a lot about violence toward women through sexual experience. And how could that possibly be healthy? It can't. It can't. So very challenging, very challenging conversation, Dan. And we have one last question here. Let me just pull it up. This is from, hold on, let me get it. It's, uh, I just lost it. Okay, this is Sandy, back in San Francisco again. Sandy, I don't know if that's a man or a woman. It says, sex is everywhere. We're force-fed sex in our daily lives. This is hard on single men and women. How do we deal with this? And that's true. Every ad has sexual overtones, undertones, overt or covert. You know, that's an old trick to use sex to sell cars and toothpaste and everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think people have said that our media culture today is, is really quite pornographied, and I think there's a lot of accuracy in that. You know, like you said, sex sells, and people are playing on the fact that we're enculturated, like we're used to receiving pornographic messaging, and our brains are used to wanting that. And so uh, advertisers are just going where where the money is, where the attention is. Well, it's a lot of money. I mean, there's a lot of money. And one of the things I encourage our listeners to do here on Modern Love, you know, I love to have you ask yourself tough questions and to really have challenging conversations because we're all about growing. The kind of love we're about is real love where every part of you is loved and nurtured and honored, and you're growing. So part of what I'm hearing you say is that porn is a way of dumbing down. And when you use that phrase that it's fast food sex, ooh, ouch, 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 because there's no nutrition. There are no nutrients that one can grow from in fast food, and it sounds like there are no nutrients in fast food when it comes to porn. And that's my experience, yeah. And I mean, really what I... Well, Dan, you know, you're being very humble here. You're saying that's (laughs) my experience when I know for a fact, because I'm a research junkie, I know for a fact (laughs) there's a ton of research to back you up. A ton of it. And again, I don't want to demonize anybody that uses porn, but I certainly would say the same thing to anyone using porn that I say to people about alcohol or recreational drugs, the brain gets the last word. Our brains are instruments that are designed for balance. And if we begin to go out of balance, the brain can very quickly get programmed. And you have to ask yourself, who is the master of your mind? You or advertising or a $4 billion industry that wants to suck you in so somebody else can make money. So I'm going to put that question on the table. What do you want to leave us with, Dan? I want to leave us with this idea that it's not about suppressing our sexuality. It's not about uh, suppressing our even our porn use. It's about outgrowing our porn use so that we can mature into a sexuality that is truly representative of 
us as human beings, that is truly living up to the potential of us in partnership with, with each other. And I want to say that this is a really personal topic and that everybody has their own journey, but that I hope that whatever your journey is with this, that you bring mindfulness to, to your life because this isn't just about pornography. This is really about living a life full of passion, purpose, connection, intimacy, the kind of life that I think we all deeply want. And when we love each other and we love ourselves enough, I think that's what we all can create. So I'm, I'm really excited to have this opportunity to be with you, Dr. Brenda, and I look forward to uh, future conversations. Yeah, and you know, this whole idea of mindfulness, that just means being awake, being aware paying attention and remember everybody attention is energy and where your attention is you're giving energy and where your energy is that's what you're going to become because energy creates who we are and how we are dan wow let me remind everybody you can check out what dan has to say at wholehearted masculine.org I am telling you I love the name of that blog he's got an article called Courage to Quit Why I'm Outgrowing Pornography and Waking to My True Self it's lighting up the blogosphere and I'm so happy to hear that so I want to say happy birthday to our sponsor Rainbow Grocery who is celebrating their 40th anniversary check them out a true resource here in the san francisco bay area the best prices of any store in the whole healthy foods arena and coming up everybody you're going to get to hear don d dolan talk about the five elements of love and she's all about energy And that's probably a good thing to follow up with. That's on September the 8th to follow up our conversation about mindfulness in your sex life. All right, thanks again to our guest tonight, Dan Molly. Check him out. And thank you, all of you wonderful modern lovers. Lots of love, lots of blessings to all of you. Good night.